Greetings and welcome to another installment of Reset and Reorder. My name is Masindi Musahana. I'm with my wife, Tammy Musahana, from Gate Ministries, East London. I would like at this point to extend the word of welcome to the Gate Ministries, East London family. Previously, we've been talking about the times that we're living in and the fact that it is not a time for us to just sit at home as we are on lockdown, but it is a time to reflect on how we build and how we live. Are we building on the rock or are we building on sand? We also said it is a time where God shakes and tests his people, not in a punitive way, but he shakes and tests us so that we may come back to his ways and his patterns. Correct, because God is a God of order. He does his things in an orderly fashion, in an orderly manner. He doesn't do things haphazardly. When even when he leads us and he guides us, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an orderly God. Thank you. And we said that God has not given us a spirit mm. of fear. Mm. You know, He has not given us a spirit that would make us cowardly and timid at a time like this. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. A spirit that reminds us that we are sons of God, you know. A spirit that cries within us to say, Abba, Father, you know. And uh, we said by that spirit, we also know that we are on the earth because we carry his purposes. One of the main purposes we are here on earth is to come and represent for God for who he is. Mm. Represent him exactly, his nature, his way of doing things. Exactly. And yeah. I think in the previous session, we left it right there. Mm. We said that to represent God, we cannot live as sons of God and live according to our own opinions or ideologies, mm. you know, or worldviews, as, uh, as people would say. But we have to live according to his ways. And this, this session, I want us to look at Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 in particular. That speaks of the fact that we should not be conformed. It reads, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in order to prove what is good and pleasing and perfect will of God. There are words in there that I find interesting. The word conformed mm -hmm. and the word transform. Mm -hmm. you know, when you look at the word conform, it speaks of something that is fashioned according to a particular pattern, mm -hmm. something that conforms to a particular standard. Mm -hmm. And when Paul speaks here saying we should not be conformed to the world, is because when people live in a world, not in the cosmos, but in the systems of the world, you know. Mm -hmm. There is a way of living that we inculcate. One of the features of that way of living is how selfish we become. Most of the things we live for ourselves, you know, I live to survive, I live to succeed. So Paul is saying we need to move, we need to not be conformed to that pattern, you know. When you talk about self, you mm. know, it's, it's all about ourselves. I'm thinking of what is, you know, out there that is about me, myself, and I. 
my this, my that, I want this. You know, we, 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 the system of conforming is that of also being self-absorbed. Yes, and we also see it in how people, you know, we, we, we look at who we think is successful or who we think has made it or who we think defines success mm -hmm. and we all want to conform to that. If a particular car defines success, we all want to have that, that car, car, you know, mm -hmm. that term that we had growing up mm -hmm. where, where, where our parents would talk about keeping up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So Paul is saying we must not keep up with the Joneses, we must be transformed. And that's the second word I want us to look at. Be, the word transform means moving completely from one point or one shape or one way of being into becoming completely something else. I think children would understand this better when you think of um, those toys or that movie called Transformers. You know, one moment they are a complete unit, they are a car, you know. And the next moment, they transform completely from that shape of being a car mm. to being a, something that is in, for, in the form of a person. You yes, know. with a sword. <laughs> yeah. So what God is calling us to through the words of Paul is that we need to not think. Remember, we are talking about how as sons of God, we need not uh, live according to our own ways and ideologies. So Paul is saying... Don't think like the people in the system think. You must be transformed. So today I want us to look at what Paul is calling us to be transformed to. He's saying we must renew our minds. And that means aligning our thoughts to a new way of thinking, you know, redirecting our world views. In the book of Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 46 and 49, it's a very interesting um piece of scripture it says that the first man was out of the earth which is adam and we had taken his form you know and it says but the second man which is christ was from heaven and we need now take the form of of of, of that man christ you know it says and according as we were born in the image of the earthly man we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man Meaning the transforming now speaks of we had the nature of Adam and the way of thinking of Adam and the way of doing things of Adam. Now that we've become sons of God, you know, we've, we've accepted the Lord Jesus as our personal savior. We've been well uh, redeemed from being orphans into the family of God whereby God has made us family with himself and given us an identity that of being sons of him true by his spirit now that nature of Adam is no longer our nature we now need to take the new nature of Christ thank you I think you've explained it very well the other thing I want to bring out about Adam is that Adam missed the mark because he missed um, the, what you call the knowledge of who he was. You know, when the enemy, when the serpent comes to test him, uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, he says, if you eat of this tree, you would be like God. And the Bible tells us that 
Eve thought that as being something that would be good to be like God. As but Eve. all along, mm. he was. Yes. You know? Mm. And we see how in the nature of Adam, um, once they move from the garden, most of the way they live is a selfish way uh, reflected, for example, in, in Cain, you know, mm. and how Cain lived for himself and many others after that. Mm. But God is saying now, I'm calling you to a nature where you have to live to reflect who I am, you know. As Christ lived to reflect his father, he's calling us as sons to come and live to reflect who he is. In fact, God has made it easy for us to reflect him because first he, he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And after that, as an example, and after giving us that example, he now calls us to imitate that way. In 1 John chapter 2, it says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also walk even as he has walked, you know. So now that we have come into this new nature, we need to walk, we need to look at the patterns, we need to look at the way Christ thought, the way he did things, and imitate that. It, 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 it brings to that point I was saying that God is a God of order. Mm. There's no way that God would want us to live the way he is here on earth without giving us a way an or example. a pattern or an yes. example. So hence now we say he's, he's, he's that kind of a God. And I'm grateful for the words that you are using. You say he wouldn't leave us here without giving us a way mm -hmm. and a pattern. Mm -hmm. And mostly when we read the word of God, we need not end in just knowing the stories. Mm -hmm. We need to dig deeper and see what patterns, what ways God is giving to us mm -hmm. in, uh, to, to, to live by, you know, to transform our lives with and live by. In Philipp Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 and 5, I want us to go further, I think, up to verse 9. This gives us some very important um, features of the character of Jesus. Mm -hmm. you know, Paul here is speaking to the Philippians and he says that you may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. And he admonishes them against living according to the way of the system or the way of the world. He says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, you know, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Do not let each man look upon his own things. So you must not live for you, yourself, and you. <laughs> but you must live, it says, but each man also must look after others. And then when he concludes that part, he says, For let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. So let this way of thinking, let this pattern be in you, which was in Christ. And when you go down that same chapter, uh, verses 6 and 8, you pick on a number of things that we see about Christ. It says, uh, excuse me, Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. That's number one. Many a times um, we live for our own reputation. We live to be preeminent, to be significant. We want to be seen, you know. And, and he took upon himself the form of a servant. Mm. Uh, today we are taught to be our own persons, you know. But God is calling us to a place where 
we go back to serving his purposes as Christ did not um, see it robbery for him to serve the purposes of God, you know. And then later on it says, he humbled himself, humbling himself even obedient unto death. So he obeyed God to a point of death. And we know that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he thought about what was going to happen to him, he prayed and said, Father, let, let this thing pass. But because he was obedient, he went back again and said, but not, not my will, Lord. Let your will be done. If I have to die for your purposes, then let me die. Not an easy thing. That's serious letting go. Mm. That is a serious, serious letting go of your own way of thinking, of your own way of doing things, and taking that which is of another. In this case, it's Christ. But we are privileged because Christ left us with principles. Principles to live by, like what you were saying earlier mm. on, that the Bible is is full of patterns it's full of ways of doing things it's those those um stories the historical events that we see in the mm. bible they have principles that we ought to extract and live by and, and this is one of them even in this that we are giving these mm. four things how mm. he humbled himself mm. how he made himself of mm. no reputation how he obeyed up until death you can see it. those are patterns, but you can see them in his everyday life. For instance, when he spoke to the Samaritan woman and his disciples came back, you know, with food and they were saying, Master, here's food, eat. And he said, no, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. So he was propelled, even in his mind, he knew that this is the one thing I live for. You know, the fact that he sub submitted himself as a servant, even in John 14, he says, the words that I speak, so the opinions, I don't have opinions of my own, you know, I don't have my own worldview. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of myself, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. So it's encouraging for us, people who now are called sons of God, who are indwelt by the Spirit of God, to know that in order to serve his purposes, we need to allow him to live through us. This is incredible because whose are we? Are we our own people? Do we belong to ourselves? Or we belong to, the, uh, to another, which is God himself? Exactly. I actually like Psalm 100 verse 5. Mm. It says it clearly. It says, it is he who made us mm. and not we ourselves. Mm, yes. We did not make ourselves. He made us. And therefore, we need to serve his purposes, you know. Jesus also says, I, cannot, I can do nothing by myself. I do not seek my own will. You know? That's in John 5, verse 30. But the will of the Father who has sent me. So we see how Jesus did not live according to his own opinions, mm -hmm. but according to the way and the pattern that God had set out. And him being an example, we can, in fact, in John 14, he says, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. When you look at how he had submitted himself, you realize that what he was saying was went beyond just confessing him as Lord. But he was saying, here is a method. I have shown you 
the way of living before God, you know? And therefore, if you want to come to the Father, you need to live as a son. And this is how a son lives. We cannot walk with God or come into our position as sons without transforming our minds. We can't. Uh, Paul did that. You know, Paul, as we know him, was a prominent man. He was a Hebrew, you know, of Hebrews. He was a man with accolades. Mm. You know, he would even say he was circumcised on the eighth day. You know, he got all those, all those. But listen to what um, him himself said in the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 3. I'm reminded by what you just said now. He says, By whatever were gains to me, I now consider lots for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Wow. So he's come to a place where he sees, he understands what God has given him. That he is a son. He doesn't live for himself. He lives for another. And he realizes that all his learning, all his accolades are nothing in comparison to what God is calling him to. You know, which is powerful. I, I think at this point, um, we need to encourage those who have tuned in and listening to say, transforming our minds is not an easy thing. God has called us to this. But it takes time. You know, you, when you grow up, you develop a mindset. Mm. No? For example, you know that when you touch a stove with your bare hands, it will burn you. Mm. Things like those are stored in your mind. Mm. One, 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 one powerful example I can think of is this. In medieval times, um, people thought that the earth was flat. Mm. You know? And so that was the mindset. And imagine when scientists came and said, look, we have explored and we have reason to believe that the earth is round. Mm. Um, the church actually called them heretics to say there's no such. Mm. But guess what? It's now 2020 and our, the minds of those people were with time transformed into that knowledge that the world is round. That today we take it as common knowledge but there was a time when people had to transform their mm. own minds and they battled with that. So when we live in the systems of the world, there's a way of responding, of doing relationships, of raising children, of doing business that we acquire and it becomes our mindset. Mm. But when we become sons of God, although we have the spirit of God, we have to um, work on ourselves, mm. you know, to make sure that we now change those patterns. We we let go of our old way of thinking and um, embrace this new way of thinking. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4, Paul tells us that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. And listen to what he says we are fighting against. He says, we pull down imaginations, which is thoughts, you know, and even high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. So the way of thinking that is out there 
can actually hinder us mm -hmm. from coming to a place where we know God and live according to his way, you know. that example of the mm. earth you know that we you knew it as flat but the earth is run and we resisted you know mm. saying that no can't be the earth is flat but now same as the ways of Christ mm. you know there are elements in our system in our bodies our minds that resist mm. certain truth mm. to resist for instance when 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 remember when when Christ when Christ will teach us that if a person slap you this side, you must give them another cheek. Nowadays you resist that. No, you slap me, I punch you. You know, so we, we, we resist. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the nature. It's, it's our human nature that makes us to resist. Which is that is which we are transforming out of, into the nature of Christ. So transformation in its nature it's not easy. Not easy. But let me encourage you, um, viewer, that um, God has already given us, that the Bible tells us that we have not received the spirit of the world, you know. He has already given us an ability to think like Christ. Oh. We just have to work on it and activate it into ourselves. In fact, as you were saying, Tom, some of the things that are difficult to absorb, some of us, um, when we came to Christ, mm. we were told that we must be born again. And which was right. The Bible speaks about being born again. But we, we were taught that it's a ticket for us to get to heaven. You know. But now we realize that, hey, it's bigger than that. We are supposed to be born again into the family of God as his sons. You know, More than just going to heaven, it's being his sons and representing him now. That's, that could be something difficult to absorb. You know, having known what you've known for many years. This family that you're talking about, which was the original idea of God, mm. hence he created Adam and Eve. It was in his mind that we live as families, as his family here in the earth. As we mentioned uh, last session, mm. that even Adam, Luke 3 tells us that God considered him a son. He was the son of God. And as we close for this week, let me encourage you, um, Galatians 3 verses 26 and 27 they say for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for as many as were baptized into Christ you put on Christ as we close I want us to look at baptism you know the power in baptism it's, it's symbolic but it's powerful because it says we die that's where our minds become transformed you know the, our, our patterns, our way of thinking uh, dies in the water. When we come up, all we should know is that we carry the spirit of the Father, that we now are the sons of God, and that is what we should pursue. As Hebrews 12 would say, to say would encourage us to say, hey, um, Hebrews 12, it says, um, laying aside every weight, you know, uh, that you run the race to pursue that which God had called you to. Mm. You know. So in conclusion, I want us to look at um, Luke 15, verses 14 and 15. We spoke about it last week, the prodigal son. I just want us to bring the whole thing back to 
our time, the context. Mm -hmm. To say when the prodigal son left his house, left the, his father's house, and went into a far, faraway land, he thought he could make it with his own way of doing things. But guess what? I find it interesting that it says that a calamity, famine, came into that land. And that's what landed him in trouble. He became broke. He lost everything. You know? And he realized that the mistake that I had made was leaving the father's house. And when he goes back, when he repositions himself, he is restored. And I believe with these sessions, we are helping each other to reset, reposition ourselves, reorder our lives, reorder our ways of seeing the world, seeing God, seeing who we are, you know, reordering our, our mindsets, our worldview. And as we reposition ourselves, God is faithful. He will see us through even this time. And, and with the prodigal son, him realizing that he needs to come back to the house of the father, it was not a short period. Mm. It, was, it was a long period thinking that he can, he's making it, he, he can make it, you know, without the father. He's, he's, got all he's got it all together until he realized that mm -mm, I've made a mistake. And even when he fell in trouble, he didn't immediately say, hey, let me go home. Mm. The Bible tells us that he tried other solutions. Mm. He looked for work, you know. Mm. He, he attached himself to the people of that country. Mm. And only when he was at his lowest, he realized, hey, actually, I've missed it by dispositioning myself. So let me reposition. I think at that point, we need to, if you allow us to pray with you, Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the spirit that you have given us. Thank you that you have not given us the spirit of this world. You have not given us a spirit that makes us afraid. But something inside of us affirms that we are your children, that we are your sons. And Father, we know you to be a responsible father. You say in your word that if fathers on earth know how to give their children good things, how much more you? And this is our faith, Lord, that as we reposition ourselves, as we come back into our Father's house, you are able to restore us. You are able to help us weather the storms. You are able to help us overcome the world, O oh God, and its challenges. We bless you, Father, at this time. And we pray, O oh God, with everyone who's listening at this time uh, that you would help us be a help and ever-present help in a time of need in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen and um, next time we meet we will speak about we've spoken about us being sons of god and when god looks at his church he sees his church as a corporate son you know we will start looking at how that corporate son or how the church should position itself during times like this. Till next time, lots of love. Bye.